0: welcome everybody to the Sunday morning Joe and Joe weather show Joe Chaffee here Joe Rayo there how are you on this Sunday
1: I'm doing just fine Joe it's uh, nice to be back we it's been a few days hasn't it
0: well we took Friday and Saturday off as we uh, normally like to do unless there's weather going on uh, but and guess
1: what and guess what when it, the, the all of last week I mean we were we had our eyes on epsilon and saying what happened to the storm that was supposed to be in the Gulf and coming up the eastern seaboard is yep. things have changed and now all of a sudden we come back on Sunday morning and guess what the storm in the Gulf
0: of Mexico is there and it's Zeta and it, it, it Epsilon made such a big change in the whole profile across the across the Atlantic especially the Western Atlantic down into the Northwest Gulf that while it was crawling, to before it made its pass east of Bermuda, it took about three days for it to make the turn there, uh, while it was there, uh, there was no way for anything to really get going in the Northwest Caribbean, but the minute it pulled out, uh, the the ridge in the East Coast broke down, a uh, little ridge built uh, across uh, the Southern Atlantic back into uh, Florida and into the Eastern Gulf, and you suddenly had the right conditions. It, you, you, you could see how quickly the system developed from just a mass of clouds that uh, the the pressures just dropped very, very quickly down there. So we went from almost nothing, just disorganized cloud cover and and showers to a tropical depression and a a tropical storm in about 48 hours' time. So uh, Epsilon was a big deal uh, from the standpoint of the overall weather picture. And now it's moving away. And now it looks like we're going to see some things happening later this week, depending on Zeta and and all that. My contention on that, Joe, is that all that tropical moisture down there has got to go someplace. And you've got this southern plain system that's producing a winter storm now in the uh, central Rockies and in the central plains. That low is going to come out. You're going to see the, the tropical moisture surge up the eastern seaboard ahead of it, I think, no matter what. Uh, the uh, the outcome is with specifically regarding to Zeta itself.
1: Yeah, and you were right, Joe. Uh, uh, in terms of uh, the development of Zeta, because even though we had Epsilon out there, I think uh, during one of our shows last week, you pointed out that we still had that that gyre, if you will, down uh, across the uh, tropical Gulf of Mexico, and that uh, you were you know wondering what would become of that. Well, now we know it has indeed become. Uh, another yet another tropical cyclone. And yeah, it'll be interesting to see the interaction between uh, Zeta as it comes north and eastward and that uh, system coming in from the west, whether or not they kind of coalesce or whether or not that system from the west kind of pushes uh, Zeta along into our area. But it does seem to me that uh, uh, the uh, chances for a very significant, possibly, possibly excessive rain event may be on the cards for us for uh, uh, later on in the week. And interestingly, the, the Climate Prediction Center, about a week or so ago, had much of the Northeast and Mid-Atlantic in the zone for possible excessive rains. And then uh, they, uh, they, they, they said the probability was reasonably good for that. But then they took it away because I guess the models were not suggesting much of anything out of the Gulf. Right. And now all of a sudden, of course, now that the system is there, it's looking more and more like, yeah, we may very well indeed see Uh, a rather significant rain event as we finish out this upcoming week.
0: Joe Rayo is going to be monitoring the chat board as he always does. So be sure to post your, post your questions or uh, comments there, and uh, we will uh, get to them uh, throughout the show. And in the meantime, we want to share with you the fact that uh, the Joe and Joe weather show is brought to you by Omni true value hardware, long Island's largest rock salt provider. And Joe, you know, with winter coming, that if your winter equipment uh, is not working right, uh, you have Mrs. Rayo, who puts Josephine the plumber to shame to fix it all up. <laughs> well, so, some people don't have uh, a person that is handy with stuff, so you might need new shovels and new uh, salting equipment, or maybe you're you know you're a snowplow guy and you need to uh, get new supplies. Well. Omni True Value Hardware, one two two six North Wellwood Avenue in West Babylon. No matter what size your fleet, rock salt, straight bag salt, GeoMelt, BioMelt, and a whole lot more. So be sure to uh, head toward uh, Omni True Value Hardware, six three one seven five six one one two five, or go to the website omnitruvalue.com. So speaking of winter storms, why don't we do that first? We'll go to the. Wait loose. a minute.
1: Wait a minute. You brought up Josephine the Plumber, and I know that there's a fair percentage of people on this chat board or viewing right now who have no clue who you're referring to. But Josephine the Plumber used to do the uh, commercials for what uh, cleanser? Comet. Comet.
0: will make your mouth
1: turn green. Comet. No, no, no. Tastes like
0: gasoline.
1: (laughs) And you mentioned Josephine the Plumber. Who was the actress who played Josephine the Plumber?
0: Um. Oh God. Uh. I. I know this too. I'll give you. I'll give you her initial. I, I, I know this. J. W. Oh, Jane Withers. Jane Withers. I need. Jane. I thank. You, I. I need. I appreciate that. I needed a little bit of help. Uh. Yes. On that. Uh. But. Uh, I, I'm. I'm trying to find a. A shot of Josephine the plumber, and I. Uh. I do. Josephine,
1: for those of you who are uninitiated, back in the 1960s, and my God, now all of a sudden Joe and I are dating ourselves, but. Back in the 1960s, Comet Cleanser, the, the spokesperson for Comet Cleanser, much as the same way for that woman who does progressive insurance, she's a spokesperson. Oh, Flo, right. Flo. Jane Withers played Josephine the plumber. She always came to your house. And you know what, Joe? She was a plumber, but she never did anything with the pipes. Or no, but she never had
0: to because you know what? Comet uh, you know, always did the trick somehow. She, she, no, but the only thing that she ever did was to get tea stains out of the sink. Yeah, well, it. You know, after all, Joe was the '50s and '60s. Uh, here's what she looks like, so you older folk in the audience can uh, will remember uh, Jane Withers, the uh, the lovely uh, and well known uh, Jane Withers. Uh, that she was the she was the spokesman for that product for for like 20 years. I mean, it, yeah, that's it, right. it was forever. That's right. Uh, so yeah so now we've gotten that so now at least everybody's on the same page if, if you come away from this show on a daily basis with one thing one thing you will leave with uh, knowing a, an actor or actress that you have never known or, or heard of or seen before and you'll suddenly understand what you have missed the greatness of, of some of these people oh and by the way I don't know if you saw my Facebook post, but the birds was on, so you know I had to do a tribute to Mrs. Bundy.
1: Oh yes, I, saw that.
0: I um, saw that. So if you if you've seen the birds, I'm not gonna. I I, I got a Mrs. Bundy, the picture here somewhere, but if you've seen the birds, you know who I'm talking about. Okay, right. let's move on. We've got um, we've got weather to talk about, and of course, we're gonna do the winter storm out in the uh, Rockies and plains because uh, this system actually is going to be key uh, to what's going to happen later in the week in the eastern part of the United States. Uh, And, of course, most folks on here, if I had to take a poll, probably like to hear more about snow uh, with hurricanes a close second, so uh, tropical storms a close second, so we'll do this first. Winter storm warnings uh, almost all of Colorado except for the easternmost counties, western half of Nebraska, southern South Dakota – southeastern Wyoming and northern New Mexico and you've got winter weather advisories Joe going um, down into north Texas most of Kansas the rest of Nebraska western Iowa so this this is a pretty rather large system also have winter storm watches up for areas in, in uh, New Mexico outside of the winter storm warnings so they may have additional winter storm warnings added to this later today depending on how um, this whole thing plays out and the snowfall uh, forecast uh, over the, this is, this is the map up through 2 a.m. Wednesday. So much of this is already done, by, you know, pretty much done by then. But uh, big amounts for uh, Colorado. This is actually, Joe, good news, maybe, uh, maybe for northern Colorado, where the big wildfire fires that have been going on, uh, t- temperatures are down in the low single digits this morning up there, and they also have snow falling. So, I mean, that's got to help. To put some of that to the fire out but this ain't too shabby uh, uh, again let's forget the September snowstorm because that, that was an anomaly but uh, for a, a for a mostly first time snow event for uh, this rather large area not too shabby for the 25th of October.
1: And yeah and and I'm just thinking Joe uh, looking on the calendar here um, we've often uh, pointed out the fact that the uh, snowstorm the early season snowstorm, the pre-Halloween snowstorm of 2011 and Sandy both fell on the same calendar date, and now we have uh, Zeta, and it looks like Zeta is going to try to uh, pretty much uh, fall close to that same same time frame. Right. I'm wondering whether or not I'm wondering whether or not there's something all of a sudden about late October and 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 the. Propensity for attracting significant storms.
0: Well, look if you think about it, uh, October for the most part uh, is a quiet month, particularly the first half. But there is that uh, you know I always like to call it the switch flip that goes on in the atmosphere where you you get out of the late summer early autumn mode, which is for the most part a quiet time outside of tropical systems, to the uh, much more active late autumn, early winter type mode, where you start to get you know the storms coming down and, and or or moving in from the west or or developing in the Gulf of Mexico non-tropical wise you know you're, these all these battle zones that get set up in the early part of the winter probably to an extent to me it reminds me of March when you're warming so yeah. rapidly you know you're warming up rapidly in this case you're cooling rapidly with leftover warm air so in november and march to me so maybe that's where we are in terms of the the atmosphere and maybe that's why the end of october is sort of the megaphone announcement that says attention ladies and gentlemen you're about to enter the next season you know fasten your seat belts and and uh, consult the no smoking signs which is which is a good reason to get rid of the wildfires of course so uh, anyway, there's your there's your snow. And so far, by the way, these are 48 hour snow amounts uh, up around uh, Billings, uh, for example, which got six. Um, Helena, I always get forget this. Is it Helena or Helene? I think it's Helena.
1: I think it's Helena.
0: Helena, a foot of snow there. Uh, Spokane uh, is uh, got got six inches out of this. And actually, you don't have to go too far. Uh, to the uh, east of Seattle to, to sh- ha- pick up some significant snows. Western Wyoming uh, seeing uh, some significant snows out of this. And now, of course, this is starting to push down. Uh, had uh, Fort Collins uh, picked up uh, three inches as of 7 a.m. this morning. Boulder picked up an inch. So uh, winter storm warnings uh, throughout much of the area down in Colorado. Figure 6 to 12 in most places would be a good bet with higher amounts, of course, when you get up beyond the hills and go up into the highest elevations. Uh, That's a no-brainer, and uh, we got our fingers crossed that it does something with regards to uh, the wildfire situation. So here's the satellite loop, and uh, it's it's kind of gloom and doom, Joe, for everybody from the Rockies east, because if except for some small slivers of dry air and clearer skies, like in upstate New York and northern New England, uh, uh, we're clouding over here. There's some rain just to our south. A little. what, what should have been a really nice day, the front slowed down, stalled, uh, stalled out. You've got this low, little low-slash-inverted trough that's developed near the coast, and uh, we, we've got another day here without, with hardly any sunshine.
1: Uh, it was supposed to be two days ago. I, I saw many forecasts that were saying, oh, the better of the two weekend days is Sunday. It'll be chillier, but at least it'll be bright and sunny. Yeah, I, I stepped outside a little while ago and I did see the sun, Joe. It looked like, it looked like I was looking at the sun through a jar of mayonnaise. That's that's yeah. the kind of sky I have right now.
0: I actually, I, I mean, there's just like a little bit of brightening still left. Maybe about an hour ago, there were some some rips of sun in there, but you can see where we've pretty much clouded over. And that, 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 those clouds go all the way down off the Florida coast through the Bahamas, and then on the southern end of this picture, you see uh, Tropical Storm Zeta in the Northwest Caribbean, really hasn't moved very much. Uh, and uh, I'm, I'm kind of waiting for all the advisory stuff, to, which is just about done, and then we'll switch over to that. Meanwhile, we have a lot of clouds uh, and, and uh, back through uh, the Ohio and Tennessee Valley, uh, down through the Central and Western Gulf, and, and, and also back up through the Northern Plains. You see the higher cloud tops there. Uh, that is, uh, some of that is snow. Uh, the band that's up to the north and west that's running through southern uh, Wyoming uh, and northeastern Utah and headed up uh, north and east of there, there's some snow coming out of that. So uh, the, the, the question for later in the week is this energy back through here is going to wind up picking this up somehow. Uh, forget whether where the storm center goes. We'll resolve that later. It's the moisture that I think is going to make uh, a big uh, push up into uh, the southeast in and lower Ohio, Tennessee Valley, and then up through the southeast and Mid-Atlantic, and maybe, just maybe, we could get this. I really would like to see this go as far north as possible because the drought conditions in New England, in spite of some rain recently, are still pretty severe, and this would be something that could knock it out or at least make a, such a big dent into it that we're not talking severe drought anymore correct I, I agree with you and uh,
1: on the chat board uh, William Huber writes that he's going back to work to hook up a 138 kilovolt cable to electricity grid this uh, this job is he says hundred percent infected by the weather <laughs> and yeah. uh, when you, that good, good luck uh, be, be careful with 138 kilovolt uh, that uh, that could be a pretty shocking experience I I
0: would presume. <laughs> Yeah, I would imagine. So Uh, it it can't. Yeah. No, we don't want to do that. All right. So uh, switching over just to the Canadian satellite. uh, There's um, Epsilon uh, on the Canadian satellite. Let me update. Well, that's up to about 1300 hours today. 13 Z. So 10 o'clock. So it's only about an hour or so behind. Um, Still kind of has a bit of a core to it, although it has shrunk away a bit. So uh, if, if I'll find out in a moment because I haven't looked at any of the new stuff, so maybe they made it extra tropical, it doesn't really matter. It's racing out, it is going to be extra tropical if not now, six hours or 12 hours from now, uh, becoming a big Atlantic storm. And by the way, you can see uh, the swirl that's up in the waters between Greenland and Labrador. There's a spinning system there that's taking uh, Epsilon, and probably those two are going to merge into one big cyclone out there, uh, in the North Atlantic. And uh, Again, it pulling out really changed the profile here, Joe, because now we've got this you know, much more troughing uh, in the eastern part of the United States to move these weather systems along, and that's something we were lacking last week. The problem is that it's not enough of a push to move those. It's not a, a, enough to just move those weather systems along, but the jet is not far enough south, so we're going to have this frontal boundary sitting all week, and I'm wondering just exactly how much sun are we going to see between now and Thursday, because after that, we know it's probably going to rain. I don't know. It could, it could be a gloom and doom week here from Eastern Pennsylvania to Southern New England.
1: You know, we, we did mention, or we have been alluding to the fact that, you know, Monday and Tuesday was not going to be very uh, bright. The Thursday now, and maybe into Friday because of Zeta, uh, possibly some wet weather. We said maybe Wednesday we might get a break and get a, a decent sunny day now it doesn't even look like that may happen uh, it looks like uh, what we're dealing with as you just mentioned john i mean like if you were if you were depressed by what we went through last week with the clouds and the mist and the fog and the drizzle and then you just sat there and waited for a few pokes of afternoon sun and which is basically what we did all of this past week if you were depressed by that uh, get ready for more depression it looks like for this upcoming week because it doesn't really look all that great
0: all right radar wise uh, right now uh, we do have some rain for trying to come up uh, for later today. You could see if some patches it's from southern New Jersey down into Delaware, Maryland, Northeast Virginia. Uh, it has actually weakened somewhat from what it was from the overnight hours, uh, also a couple of showers crossing into parts of uh, south Central Pennsylvania, west of Harrisburg down into northern West Virginia. a little bit of heavier rain in eastern North Carolina. Further south down in Florida, seeing some scattered showers, some of that moisture that runs off the Florida coast and extends southward into the northwest Caribbean. This is not really directly related into uh, with the Tropical Storm Zeta, but it's kind of in the envelope that exists there. And here's some snow. Uh, from. You know, was, you know, when I look at the radars out here sometimes, you think nothing's going on. Because the radars don't always look impressive, but they because of elevation issues in the mountains, oftentimes you don't really see what's happening uh, in terms of the, what's actually coming down. But uh, the radar does show snows from uh, Utah, northern Utah, northeastern Utah, across northern Colorado uh, on up into western Nebraska. And you can see it extends all the way up into parts of uh, Minnesota. So uh, it is uh, pretty... Uh, you know, pretty extensive east-west band
1: here of, of uh, snow. And incidentally, the uh, Hurricane Center has uh, come out with their 11 a.m. outlook already uh, for, uh, for both Zeta and also for Epsilon. And in terms of what Epsilon, it, it talks about uh, Zeta, I should say, it's talking about the fact that the storm should be at or near hurricane strength when it approaches the Yucatan, uh, given the favorable upper-level outflow plus the high, very high, they say, oceanic heat content over the northwestern Caribbean. So they're talking about intensifying to a a hurricane for for Zeta. And then, although not explicitly shown in the official forecast, the unfavorable atmospheric and oceanic conditions over the northern Gulf of Mexico should cause Zeta to weaken by the time the center reaches the northern Gulf Coast. And now, haha, here comes the disclaimer. However, users are reminded that our intensity forecasts are subject to some uncertainty. <laughs> no, yeah, no
0: so, uh, And, and I've, I, while you were speaking, I put up <clears throat> the Hurricane Center's 11 o'clock um, uh, advisory and the uh, no, uh, Hurricane Center's forecast, uh, keeping it a tropical storm going into the northeastern Yucatan, but it kind of just skims the coast. And then they have it as a hurricane on the other side. So uh, tropical storm warnings up in blue for the northeast Yucatan and western Cuba. Then of course the turn northward uh, toward the Gulf Coast, and will this this is will this set a record, Joe? This might this might set a record for landfalls in um, in Louisiana in one season because I think this would be the fifth hurricane to make landfall uh, this season for them, and I believe the old record is four.
1: Crazy. Just absolutely crazy, but of course, if you're going to set a record like that, you need lots of tropical activity, and uh, this one now ties twenty o five.
0: You so know what? Have... Hold on, hold on. I got. I have to stop you because I thought the same thing, but actually, we're one shy because there's they added an unnamed subtropical storm in the mix, so we need one more to tie. Really? Yes. Really? I'll show you. I I I I knew this was going to come up. But so I bought the I I got the track map for 2005, which if you kind of you look at this and this was another year where we had a, you know, developing or strengthening La Nina. A lot of action in the Gulf of Mexico. And notice, Joe, a lot of landfalls here. Most of these were majors. uh, A lot of landfalls here uh, in. Well, right on the Louisiana, Texas line. I think that was uh, probably uh, Rita. Uh, you had um, another hurricane that went into eastern Louisiana, a tropical storm and minimal hurricane that kind of swung around here earlier in in the early part of the season through the central Gulf. Uh, I mean, there was a lot of another one that came into the western part of the Florida Panhandle. So there's a lot of similarities uh, to what what's happened this season. Also, the Southwest Gulf. If you think about it, we had Hannah and a couple of others down there. Uh, maybe the one primary difference. Well, in this instance, you had a couple of storms that rolled up the east coast off- offshore, whereas we had them, you know, we had um, Fay and we also had Isaias, uh, which uh, had uh, impact here, we, as we know, with the wind. But, yeah, if you look at the total storm uh, right here, the number 19, October 4th and 5th, um, a 45 mile an hour subtropical storm, double S, with no name attached to it. So this must have been done in post-analysis. Yeah. So Zeta is number 28 here because of that added storm. And that, by the way, didn't happen for, until December 30th and carried over into the next year, 2006, January to January 6, 2006. So Zeta actually was two months later than oh, more than two months, you know, just about two months later than what, what um, Zeta today. But we're only at 27 storms now. So we're gonna, we're going to need one more. And you know what? We're probably going to get it. I think we still may wind up getting a, you know, if we go back to 2005, just to look at the calendar on 2005. So, uh, Wilma, uh, let the, just count the October storm. So you had one, you had Vince, Wilma, Alpha, Beta. All right. Then you had three in, um, in November. You had Gamma, Delta, Epsilon. We've already, you know, that's old news now. And then you had a, a month break. Uh, you know about I'm sorry, uh, three week break to the end of the December when you put the last one on the table, which was Zeta. So I think we could certainly get another two, at least another two named storms yeah. between now and the end of the year.
1: I, I agree with you. There's absolutely no and, well, and they just said in this <clears throat> in this uh, discussion for Zeta, they said that the the, uh, the Caribbean has very high latent heat, uh, very high uh, surplus of heat. Down there. So, what would stop another tropical system from forming down in the Caribbean in the days or weeks to come? I mean, it 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 it's it's almost a certainty that that's going to happen. So, um, all right. So we have to go one more to tie. That's you know that's right. No big no big deal. And uh, considering that they had in 2005 they had to go all the way to the end of the year to get to Zeta, and here we are in late October. We're already at Zeta. So. We're running way ahead of schedule, anyway.
0: On the uh, the satellite loop, by the way, the, the storm has a t- has a has a bit of a tilt to it. Uh, there's not a whole lot going on north of the center. Most of it is along and south of where the center is. So there's probably some mid-level shear going on. That's 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 tilting the low-level center versus the middle level the mid-level center. But when you look at the upper atmosphere, you, this entire area has got a Large anticyclone or high over it at the very top of the atmosphere at 200 millibars, which is what you like to see when you're looking for hints of whether a storm is going to strengthen or not. Uh, it's not. It, it, it's it's not the only thing you want to look at, but it certainly uh, is a big is a very important uh, feature and the general environment in the northwest caribbean into the gulf of mexico is a light wind shear environment which should be favorable for strengthening and with respect to the uh, models uh, i did bring up the hurricane tracking models uh, and uh, they were all except for two of them that are the far left outliers the rest of them are all clustered between southeast louisiana and the western part of the florida panhandle somewhere in there sometime probably on wednesday later wednesday uh, for a landfall Uh, got a Get it out of the Caribbean first, and Joe, the the strength, mo- the uh, intensity models. I actually was kind of surprised at how bullish they are because you do have a few of them that take it at least up to a uh, a Category One hurricane uh, before uh, before making landfall. Was it approaches land again? you got to deal with that cooler water now that's over in the northern Gulf of Mexico. So unless something is racing like a rocket ship, uh, it is likely to weaken, whereas a month ago, it probably would have uh, at least held its own or maybe even strengthened a bit. Uh, But the the intensity guidance is fairly bullish here, so um, I think think we're going to see. uh, To me, I still think the bigger deal is all the moisture coming up and how much rain.
1: Now, if you go back uh, to the... uh... Uh, spaghetti plot, the uh, the consensus plot of the track of Zeta. Uh-huh. It's interesting It's interesting to me because all of them, save for one, I think, show that the uh, storm is expected, if you follow this at face value, it's supposed to pass to the south of the tri-state area. And yet, if you look at the National Hurricane Center's latest track uh, for Zeta and just simply do some extrapolation, you would get the idea that, no, the storm is going to go off well, to the west of us.
0: Let me so, wait, wait, wait. Let me take a look. Hold on. Let me bring a map up. Yeah, um, yeah. simple uh, extrapolation. I mean, if you drew a straight line, yeah, you know, it would go yeah. up. You know, from where it is uh, on the Georgia, Alabama, Tennessee state line, the next stop on a straight line probably would be to Pittsburgh uh, and beyond. But I, I think because of what's happening in the in, in the upper atmosphere, which we'll show, there's there's some logic to the idea that it was will get deflected more to the east. And there's also, uh, remember, as, as we bring this northward, if we've got some upper air trough that's going to start getting involved, this thing will obviously not be tropical anymore, but will start to look like a winter storm, which would enhance the idea of a, of a sizable rainfall. And uh, in fact, on that note, uh, we do have WPC's seven-day forecast here somewhere. There it is. They went really bullish here, Joe. Look at how much rain. They're generating three-plus-inch rains uh, from central New Jersey southward, two-inch-plus rains to about New York City, touching the south shore of Connecticut and back across Pennsylvania, uh, and lesser amounts as you go through upstate New York and New England. But uh, that's a a pretty good chunk of water being indicated back through West Virginia, Kentucky, all the way back into Oklahoma. So, uh, this this is going to be interesting to see how it plays out with respect to this because I I think I think the rain is the bigger deal
1: it would be nice to see some of that red on the uh, on the wPCqpf work its way indeed up into uh, places like Rhode Island and parts of uh, New England which as you mentioned earlier are still under a severe drought but uh, you know the beggars can't be choosers we we'll take we'll take anything and uh, and I'm sure they'll take anything as well but look at that broad swath of Uh, Very heavy rain that passes. Well, we're right on the northern periphery here in the tri-state area. New York, northern New Jersey, Long Island, and uh, points south into the north, uh, into the Hudson Valley. It uh, drops off a little bit to uh, lighter values. If you can call one and a quarter to one and a half inches light.
0: Right. All right. Let's look at the upper air and and figure out what's happening with regards to the tropical storm and, and then everything else and how they all sort of interact. So. Remember, we went from a, a, a situation with Epsilon off the East Coast, and I, I will roll the upper air back a couple of frames so you can see it here. This is going back to Thursday, when we were pretty much locked and loaded uh, with uh, this ridge here in the East that was cradling it. Uh, it was crawling northward. Uh, the... Uh, the formation of Epsilon actually caused this upper high to develop even stronger, forcing the jet stream in the United States much further to the northwest. Uh, and then meanwhile, you're kind of left in sort of a no-flow, no-man's land down here uh, in, the, uh, in the Caribbean and into the southeastern and south-central Gulf of Mexico. But, of course, uh, with Epsilon pulling out, uh, things started to change. The ridge in the east broke down. You suddenly started to see the westerlies across the southern Gulf of Mexico pushing southward. And now, as we make our way into where we are today, we are uh, in a, a, a much different place. Your upper high is out in the Atlantic and goes into the uh, into the islands. You got another upper high that comes out of Mexico. And meanwhile, right in the middle, there's your westerly flow, the southern edge of the westerlies across the lower gulf. But right in the middle, right in here, this is where uh, you have uh, uh, our tropical storm, Zeta, and it's res- going to respond to this weakness in between the two ridges and gradually make its way probably through toward, the, toward and through the Yucatan channel or close or maybe even going over the eastern part of the Yucatan Peninsula and then into the Gulf of Mexico. And as we go forward, Joe, you got this deep trough that's out in the west that starts to come into play along about Tuesday. So it should respond to that and start going northwest and then eventually northward. Is it going to be Louisiana again, or is it going to be further to the east? I think that's going to depend on how fast it comes out of the Caribbean. And right now, it doesn't seem like it's in any rush to do that.
1: You know, Joe, I'm just getting a little annoyed about one thought that just came into my head, and that is that before Congress made that brilliant decision to extend daylight saving time uh, one week into the first weekend of November, right. and that will be next weekend. Next weekend uh, at 2 a.m. on Sunday morning, we'll go back to standard time. But this would have been the weekend that we would have gone back to standard time, which means that— We'd have we the new
0: GFS. The start of the new GFS would be halfway done.
1: Exactly. And we would have had a better idea as to what will happen for later in the week with the latest and newest data. But, you know, thank you very much, uh, Washington, for <laughs> once again making a wonderful decision to. Uh, well,
0: they don't consult. Like See, this now. is the thing, Joe. What they need to understand going forward is they have to consult you and I before they make these sorts of decisions. Because, exactly. you know, we <laughs> because they just because. OK, um, anyhow. Uh, here's your upper flow for starting from Tuesday. And of course you've got this upper high off the Florida coast, but it's a different setup than what we had last week. Uh, you've got a West Southwest flow moving up through the Eastern, through the Eastern and the Northeastern mid Atlantic States, shortwave trough, the Northern part of the jet, very intense system here drops down into Southern New Mexico, which explains why you're seeing winter storm warnings up as far South as you are. And it's that system that's going to eventually pick this up because that upper high that's off the east coast is going to weaken. Now, going forward, as these short waves move along, of course, we're going to be dealing with a stall frontal boundary here until this weather system in the south kicks off to the northeast. Now, at this point, as we get into Wednesday and Thursday, what what would be Zeta, at least according to the, old, the last run of the GFS, is... Inland, somewhere, probably, you know, somewhere there in southern Alabama or southern Mississippi, but here you got this upper low coming, and now you've got this also pretty active northern stream shortwave uh, trough that's dropping into the into the Dakotas, that I think is just going to try to semi-phase with that system coming out of the south, and it lifts the whole thing bodily up northeast and eastward, shifting it eastward as we move toward the end of the week. So this is why we're thinking that. That tropical moisture has got to get up here.
1: It does, and also another thing: it's so chilly out there today. Uh, we've we've really you know flipped over the last 24 hours in terms of local temperature. And when we do that, some people might say, "Oh my goodness, now how long are we going to have to deal with this this uh, unseasonably chill?" Well, actually, uh, looking at that upper air, Joe, with the southwesterly flow, it looks like it's not going to stay very chilly for very long. It looks like we'll go back to near or even above normal temperatures, albeit wet, but uh, back to uh, uh, warmer temperatures in a matter of the next day or two.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think y- it's going to be tough with cloud cover. I'm wondering whether uh, onshore flow. So I, I want to be a little cautious here because the as far as that goes with temperatures, because I, I don't think the setup is the same as last week, where those areas that broke out into sun saw temperatures up well into the 70s to near 80. Now, I'm talking down in northeast Virginia. Maryland and southern Delaware pushed the high end of that. But everybody else kind of, st- and even into southern New Jersey, it pushed up into the middle and upper 70s on a couple of days. I don't know about areas up further north. That might be a little tougher if there's cloud cover. And there are a couple of ripples here that the models pick up in terms of rain. You know, there's whatever happens tonight, today, late today and tonight is pretty weak. Uh, and then that gets out of here. I don't think there's going to be too much happening tomorrow. Monday night into early Tuesday, there was a little ripple. The model sort of backed off on that. It's got a little bit of schmutz. Tuesday night into Wednesday morning, and then here comes the big player for Thursday into Thursday night. Now, I've got a question for you. Yes. So you looked at the model guidance out from the overnight runs, and it's done this a couple of times. It's trying to show two separate lows here, and the reason it's doing that is because what you're seeing for Thursday into Thursday night into early Friday is the rem, whatever remnant low that's identified with Zeta. But then they still have Joe this the upper low that's coming out of the southwest that heads northeastward, and that has a surface low there in southern Indiana, which it takes into western Pennsylvania and then eventually into upstate New York. And you see it actually even starts to break out some snow in upstate New York on Friday. And in northern New England, that gradually finds its way southward in New England uh, for later Friday into Friday night. You know, I looked at that and I thought, yeah, I kind of understand where that's that, how, how it gets there. But that doesn't happen a lot of the times. Oftentimes we see models try and do this. And then because of timing differences, uh, as we get closer to the event, it winds up being just one low that comes out rather than two distinct features. So i don't I don't know where you are on that. are you thinking one are you thinking two?
1: no i I said uh, at the onset about how indeed how they there are two separate entities uh, that that system out in the midwest and of course the remnants of zeta and i I personally you know five days out I, i'm I'm with you in the sense that I think the models will work it out and figure out either are they going to coalesce into one system or indeed, do, do they stay separate? I, I, I think uh, it's foolish to try to determine that now. It, it, yeah, you know that because if you if you assume that they're two separate systems, then the schedule suggests that it, it may be Thursday, Friday, and then Friday, Saturday. But if they kind of coalesce into one big blob, so to speak, then we have to deal with uh, maybe one major system moving on by through the uh, northeastern United States.
0: See, so now, the West, the, wait and see. the European argues, I mean, look at the European, which takes it into central Louisiana by Wednesday evening. Uh, it seems to imply it's more of one system, that the whole southwest thing gets ejected out at around the same time, picks Zeta up, and it's more like one system here. Uh, with a low there at Atlantic City, and actually not a half bad looking gradient up from Atlantic City northward, with a high that sort of envelopes around it from the Western Lakes. But it looks like it's more of one low on the European, because by Friday night everything is long gone, whereas the GFS is still trying to, you know, still has that, that um, you know, with that second low.
1: Yeah, that that surface that surface map almost looks like it's it's trying to stretch it out into a cigar.
0: <laughs> yes. Good See, good on the, uh, yeah. So you, you, you do have some model differences here uh, with regards to the 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 outcome of this. And as I said, I tend to sort of like the notion that you, you could wind up with um, w- just one low coming out of all of this rather than two. That seems to make to me that seems to make more sense that it'll be just like more like one amorphous low uh, with a lot of rain with it. And speaking of, of rainfall, if I'll just bring up the OGFS uh, rainfall forecast uh, map, and we'll take it out. This will be a seven-day uh, rainfall. So it's actually gotten a little less bullish with the amounts. I shifted it a little bit further to the south from prior runs. But uh, there was one run yesterday that it looked kind of what like what, what WPC did. Uh, very bullish with rainfall. But I mean, make no mistake, this is a very wet-looking a uh, seven-day uh, outlook here with up to a couple of inches of rain in some places, and also, again, that moisture going all the way back into the southern plains. So, again, you and I are sort of on the idea that the further north it goes, the better. And we'll put up the really fast, before I come back full screen, uh, the um, snow forecast from the GFS over the next seven days. And because it's got split lows, it's showing snows up in upstate New York and up into Maine. So uh, if you don't have split lows, I, I think you're going to have a tough time Getting this to be reality, but we know that what's going on in the Rockies and Plains, because most of what you, much, much of what you're seeing here is front led, front end loaded with what's going on. And there are some pretty bull- bullish snow amounts, particularly up in northeastern New Mexico and northwest Texas, uh, that the that the uh, the GFS spits out. So it's going to be a very interesting week overall with uh, with what's going on. I think we going to have. I I think we're going to have what I would refer to as a forecast challenge on our hands
1: yes indeed and uh, it's kind of weird that you know you look at the calendar and it's late october the way these maps these uh, especially the snow uh, fall maps look you'd almost expect that this would be december or as you said at the very onset of the show more like uh, something in uh, early march it's it's it is kind of strange out there
0: okay so uh let's get some brewer jeopardy done i've got uh, i've got questions that i should uh, you give. know what you have the questions? Yes, I do. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> yes. He's got the questions, everybody. Isn't that exciting? Scott, Scott, thanks a lot for that
1: little comment. He, he says, these these are questions I was supposed to give you back on Thursday. Ah. Scott leads off by saying, Joe, ask Renata for assistance.
0: <laughs> yeah. Shaggy, uh, Shaggy Stern, uh, hit, super, yes. hit, hit super chat. We want to acknowledge that. Thank you very much, Uh I'm sorry, sh- sh- Shraggy, Shraggy Tragy. Stern. Uh, he wanted to. See, he, 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 thank you, so uh, we, Joe and I appreciated greatly uh, on on with, this Sunday. We worked with somebody named Stern many many years ago. Oh, Roger Stern. Is he still Roger using? T- is he still using a typewriter, Roger? If you really, if you if if, if you you watch this show, which obviously you do, but if you don't, just in case, I'm sure someone in your circle, your social circle, will tell you that you're being spoken about. Uh, I'm just still wondering whether you're still using a manual typewriter.
1: Well, he's over at he's over at Ten Ten Wins now. Oh, is he? And of course Ten Ten Wins uses uh, in the background as they're reading the news, they're using the ticker, the new old news ticker. So Roger would fit. <laughs> no, Roger. Right,
0: Roger's Roger's actually doing the sound effect. These guys, he's reading the news <laughs> and holding the typewriter and going at the same time. I can, I actually can visualize him doing that.
1: I could visualize him, too, doing doing that, too. So here are the questions, Joe. Okay. All right. This is all related to Central Park. So if you're on your Central Park statistics, and I know you are, you'll be able to get every one of these, maybe.
0: All right. That's a, that's if I can still remember. The West,
1: question number one is what, on average, is the cloudiest day of the year at Central Park? And he'll give you credit for within
0: 45 I'm sorry. Days. What is the what day? The cloudiest day?
1: The cloudiest day of
0: the year. Oh, the, this part. is a Sal Blandino question. <laughs> I mean, I, he's, he's got it broken down by, by five-minute increments.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: in the, the cloudiest day?
1: Climatologically speaking. Now, I'd like to know, Scott, if you're listening, I'd like to know where you got this information
0: from. Right, I'm going to sure. say, yeah, that it is a curious, uh, a, a, a curious stat. I mean, I'm, you just
1: can't go to the almanac that they have on the... Uh, on the Upton website, I mean, they'll give you some high, record high, record low, and record rainfall. But where do, where do you get the information as to where the cloudiest day of the year is at Central Park? But anyway, you will give me yeah.
0: 45 I, days. I'm trying, you know, I'm trying to kind of logically look at this, and I would think, if if I would think it would be, well, there was a couple of arguments I could make here. I could say that it's a day in, say, late March or or, or April because of the spring and the marine layer and we know what a pain in the neck that is. But I could also make a case for maybe it's sometime in late November or early December. right. So I'm, I'm not sure I'm not sure. And of course the, the answer will probably be between exactly between those two, so which I wouldn't even be get anywhere close. All right, I, I'll say, I don't know. I'll say I, I'll give you two dates that I'm gonna put in the, in the, on the board. April 7th. And December sixth.
1: Wonderful. Well, actually, the uh, cloudiest day is in between those two days. I told you. What
0: did I just say?
1: January third, and he says it's cloudy, fifty-four percent. I guess he just says it is cloudy, fifty-four percent. So I guess. He means, in terms of frequency, 54% of the time.
0: You know when 54% I,
1: cloud cover. N-
0: not, not lying. Totally truthful. I was actually also thinking in my mind like late December, early January. But then right. I said, you know what? Let me take that out. Let's just go with the spring, late fall, early spring angle. Uh, but I wasn't too far off with the December 6th. I only missed right. it by, by less than well, a he month. Said
1: he gave me a 45-day leeway either way. So. He gave me
0: how many-day leeway?
1: He gets credit within 45 days. Oh,
0: okay, so and I that, that's it. So the December ding, 6th one works.
1: Ding, ding, ding. Okay. I guess all of these questions, well, uh, he only says that for, for question one. Question two is what day, what day of the year has snow fallen more than any other day in Central Park?
0: I'll say, um, oh, I'll say February 3rd.
1: Not Not bad. January 27th. My
0: birthday. Your birthday. My birth. I should have picked my birthday. There you go. There you go.
1: That was Question
0: also. Is- that was also a subtle way of reminding everybody that my birthday is ahead 27th. of us. Right. Yeah. Yes. You know me. I'm a shameless self promoter. Uh, <laughs> go on <laughs> next. Make
1: a big deal about that. Question three: What day in Central Park is the windiest? And this one is again within 45 days for credit.
0: The windiest.
1: The windiest day of the
0: year. All right. Based on I'll, I'll, I'll say March 15th.
1: Not bad. You got it within two weeks, February 26th. Okay. And the final question, question four, drum roll, please. What is Central Park's coldest day of the year within 10? Te- now this, this is not the record. You know, we know the record is February 9th, 1934. Right. But what he wants is I guess the coldest day Constant coldest day based on long term records within 10 days for credit, the coldest day of the
0: year? I will say, well, you know what? Let's go. I'll say January 29th. Wow. You got it. Really? Really? wow 29 oh god, that was a lucky guess on my part you know it, that was such a random guess on my part well it wasn't quite random because i figured it's got to be inside that climatological you know cold right. coldest period um uh, right. and i figured since my birthday is actually a multi-day celebration we could extend that by two days <laughs> i'm surprised i hit that on the nose all right i know you've got you you, you got it you got a couple of more minutes or do you have to go
1: um, I think, uh, there was a phone call and I think I want to find out what that phone call was that came in the middle. So, uh, that, right, I'll tell you what, things.
0: let me read you the question and then you think about this and we'll do go over this tomorrow. Okay. Okay. So, um, city's biggest snowstorms. Okay. Uh, and they might be multi-day events. So, but in terms of total snow from a given snowstorm, so I- I'll give you a, I'll give you five of the cities um, okay. for now. Uh, Atlanta, Seattle, yeah. Denver, Mount Washington, and uh, Flagstaff. There's five other cities, but I'll, I'll leave you with those five. And
1: Mount Washington's a city, Joe?
0: Well, that's what he has on here. Let's locations. go locations.
1: Okay. Atlanta,
0: Seattle, Denver, Mount Washington, Flagstaff. Those, okay. are the, those are the five, okay? Those Hold are on. the first five. And then we can finish this off tomorrow, okay?
1: Okay, very good. Does that
0: work? All right. So, folks, let me just remind everybody really quick uh, that uh, for my uh, – those of you are on that are on my weather platform on Patreon, uh, which you can join by going to patreon.com slash meteorologist Joe Chaffee, uh, there will be a live Zoom. I – we were uh, – I was, I'm still trying to figure out whether it's going to be tonight or it's going to be on Monday. So just for members, just make sure you check your posts this afternoon because I'm, I'm probably going to make that decision in a couple of hours. So uh, if, if, if it's not tonight, it will be tomorrow night after the Joe and Joe weather show is done. And also remind everybody that the Joe and Joe show on weekdays now starts at 730 PM rather than seven o'clock due to having to circumvent technical issues with regards to the internet uh, around here, which like to, for some reason, likes to crash multiple times at seven o'clock, but uh, doesn't really do it very much or hasn't done it very much if we start at 730. So hopefully that it'll stay that way. And uh, just again, one, one last uh, thing, uh, our, our sponsor Omni True Value Hardware in West Babylon, 1226 North Wellwood Avenue, six three one seven five six one one two five. Their website is OmniTrueValue.com. And it's Long Island's Island's biggest rock salt provider, and it's got everything you need. If it's about winter weather and getting rid of snow and ice, Omni True Value Hardware in West Babylon. So, Joe, we'll see you uh, tomorrow. Have a great Sunday. I got a podcast. I got a pot roast I I put on in the crock pot at 6 o'clock this morning, so I'm going to go up and check it right now.
1: Very good, and we'll see you tomorrow.